Hello everyone, this is the Radio Worldview Podcast. My name is August Tuckabee. The Radio Worldview Podcast exists to teach students to live and think with a biblical worldview so that they can serve Christ and lead the culture. Tune in every week for perspectives on cultural events, the arts, the great books, and what it means to apply a biblical worldview to every aspect of reality. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you enjoy. Well, welcome on the podcast, Nathan. It's good to have you again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, it's always fun to get you on here, and I just enjoy our conversations. This is at least our third one that we've done. Yeah, at right? least, yeah. We did a Christmas <laughs> one, and then we did one more recently than that <laughs> as well. I forget what that one was on, but it wasn't too far back. Right? Patriotism, I think. Patriotism, that's right. Yeah, it was yeah. like right in the new year. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that talk as well. <laughs> um, well, thanks again for being here. And today we're going to talk about identity because you have, identity is kind of a topic that you've focused on for a while in some of your teaching and Mm -hmm. some of your studies, and you've now written a nine-week devotional series kind of on that. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Would you say identity is kind of the... the It's the title. title? Okay, (laughs) great. So yeah, it is about it. Mm -hmm. Great. And... um, so you, you've just written a nine-week devotional, so that'll be coming out this summer at yep. Worldview Academy. Mm-hmm. And so today we want to talk about how we see identity kind of um, defining us in the world around us, what role does it play in our lives, yeah. is that right? So mm-hmm. that'll be kind of our first segment. And then the second segment that we'll do today is what do we do about it, right? right? If we can understand the scope and scale of how right. identity affects us, then second, what do we do about it? Right, Okay. Yeah. Great. So... Um, I guess we can talk about this for a minute. Um, I just I brought it up in our conversation right before we got started, and I, I think it could be a good, at least, talking point. So I'm reading a book called With Winning in Mind right now, and it is a, it is a, um, it's written by a former Olympian, and mm-hmm. he was like a shooter, so I think he was, I forget what it was exactly. I think he shot several different positions yeah. and guns and stuff like that. But basically, the shooter's, role in the olympics is or at at the finest highest level is to just be consistent and to be to be accurate to be consistent and with that there's some perseverance because they shoot like a crazy amount of times 50 or 60 or 70 shots yeah so they have to be consistent every single time so this book goes through and just walks through this olympians kind of he calls it the mental management system and just how he has trained himself to kind of get to that level how he's trained other athletes to do it since he stopped being like a practicing athlete he became kind of a coach yeah and so it's pretty interesting because a big part of it he says there's kind of three things that help you perform well there's the conscious like what you're kind of doing in a moment and you're focusing on there's the subconscious which you can kind of train to be um, kind of reactionary skills or instinct, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's what he calls self-identity. Yeah. And the self-identity piece was really interesting because it gets into, he kind of just talks, it gets into visualization techniques, but then he also talks about, it's a, an identification of your own character mm-hmm. to be a certain way, yeah. right? So for him as an athlete, um, the way he defines it is: Am I the am I am I the type of person that's going to be able to sh- show up and shoot a perfect score, yeah. or do I feel like my self identity doesn't match with that? Because right. if it doesn't, then that's going to mean that for whatever reason, mm-hmm. lack of confidence, yeah. um, circumstances that get to you, things that break mm-hmm. your concentration and bother you, 
then that's going to help. That's going to break down your self identity, and that's right. going to mean that you won't perform as well. Right. Right. So it's interesting because that that ties into um, the sport in terms of just. Uh, I, I think sports is such an interesting way to look at life because yeah. it's all about achieving a pretty specific goal right. usually. Whereas in life, it's not that clear cut. No. Right? right. Something like being a good father, right. it's not the same as shooting a perfect score. No. You know, it's just, there's, it's not as clear cut. So, yeah, how does that hit you? What do you, Shame. what does that make you think about? Yeah, I think, I think it's about sports. One of the things that often comes to mind is failure. Yeah. I mean, failure is a constant in sports. Everyone loses, everyone fails. Even Tom Brady, the winningest thing, winningest. Winning his quarterback of all time won eighty percent of his games. Yeah. So twenty percent of the time he failed. Mm-hmm. And so, one of the things that really plays off people's identities is failure. So you're shooting and there's fifty shots and you miss one. How do you come back from that? Yeah. And I think that's a really important question for an athlete. But I think it's also a very important question for us as regular human beings who yeah. aren't competing but also fail all the time. And so I think that's that's the biggest thing that I connect with. I think having an attitude that prepares you for success or, or being able to let your emotions and your feelings and all the things you bring with you to the sport mm-hmm. um, set them down for a minute is an incredibly important skill for life. I mean, yeah. other than just in as an athlete, I think it's very important when you enter a conversation like this one to set aside the other things set aside even the people that are listening and say how can i speak to august in a way that is helpful and kind and generous to him in this moment yeah and i think it's a lot like you described in the sports uh the sporting yeah. arena yeah. yeah well i think it's interesting because i read i mean i read half of your devotional yeah, so yeah. i we were reading through it as a faculty team and i missed the first half but i read half your devotional and it it has sounded similar to some other things that i've read in the past i forget the names of the books but um it's what you focused on a lot is just kind of like your identity before Christ mm-hmm. and kind of the contrast of, you know, you can't earn your salvation. Sure. So basically stop trying so hard and like rest in your identity of who yeah. you are, like yeah. who Christ has called you to be. Is mm-hmm. that accurate? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So with that in mind, I think it's always interesting to look at some of these self-help books. Mm-hmm. There's like a huge um, yeah. self-help movement in the world. It's, it's usually made yeah. up of like young men, yeah. right? Who are like trying to write these books about thinking differently to save time, be more efficient, mm-hmm. achieve goals, whatever. Um, and with that, there's I, I think there's this good longing to like um, maximize your time, maximize sure. your life, make a difference in the world. Yeah. But I think at the same time, it can just lead to burnout so quickly, yeah. right? Like I've read a lot of those books, and if you yeah. if that's the only thing you feed off of, yeah. you're in a constant state of underachieving, yeah. because you're not you, like there's just this rub of the road where mm-hmm. you know there's family or there's relationships or there's friendships or there's mm-hmm. work that yeah. drags you from being the most efficient form you could ever be, right? right? Or the most um, like living life as fast as you ever could or more yeah. efficiently than you ever could. Yeah. And so you have to like constantly be asking yourself, why, why am I not achieving my goals? Right. Like why am I not achieving what yeah. I thought I could? Mm-hmm. And um, and I think your book kind of speaks to that, right? Right. right. Um, so like what, I mean, give me a synopsis yeah. of what that looks like. Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I think, I think the, the one of the places to start is 
why do you have the goals that you have or why do you think why is your picture of the good life the way that it is and maybe the deeper question that any question is what does it mean about you if your life is efficient or inefficient or what does it mean about you if you procrastinate Mm -hmm. or if you don't do things as quickly or as well as you could or failure again the failure question i think always comes back yeah what does it mean about you if you fail and these are good questions but they're never academic like failure strikes to the heart of our the pictures that we make for ourselves like Mm -hmm. i think everyone in their minds creates a picture of who they'd like to be or what they want to be like and then these pictures are constantly challenged by what we actually do in real life. Yeah. And so the question is, how do you respond to that? How do you respond to when your picture of yourself gets gets broken and marred by your failure, by your procrastination, by the things that happen in life? And I think we do ourselves a disservice if we just say, oh, I got to try harder, because I mm-hmm. think that's what the self-help movement more or less says. It does. I mean, yeah, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to work harder, move faster, be more efficient, mm-hmm. and then I will be who I want to be. And I think part of the answer is you don't get to pick what kind of human being you're going to become. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not your job to to make the picture of who you're supposed to be. Yeah. That picture is already set for you by Christ. And you don't get to, to make that picture. And so we spend all of our time making and remaking and remaking that picture. And at some point, hopefully, you you burn out and you're like, I I need this is not working. Something mm-hmm. is wrong. Yeah. One of my tests for it is do you ever do anything that you don't know why you did it? <laughs> hmm. Or is there anything you do that's not fully, you're not aware of the full picture of why it happened? Like the classic answer from the students is procrastination. Mm-hmm. Why do people procrastinate? Right. I mean, I procrastinate. You probably procrastinate. Everyone procrastinates. And yeah. why, why do we do it? It's a complex question. There's lots of answers um, depending <laughs> on the person. Yeah, it really depends. Yeah. Um, some people procrastinate because that way when they do it at the very last minute, yeah, they know it wasn't the best job they could have done, mm-hmm. which means if they fail, it doesn't they mean out. they doing it their best failed. It means they doing it last minute and not really giving it their full effort failed. Yeah, and right. so it's a, as we, it's a means of self-protection. It's a right. way of saying, mm-hmm. my failure doesn't mean anything because I didn't really fail. I, I didn't, didn't really, really try. try. Yeah. yeah. So that's one of the avenues. There's probably 10. I don't yeah. know. Are you aware of that yourself? Do you feel like you know when you procrastinate, why you procrastinate, if you do that? Um, that's a good question. I I think that um, I make the excuse that I'm just distracted by other things. Yeah. Um, or like I have other things that are maybe more urgent. So sure. like that's part of it. Yeah. I think sometimes... I mean, it is just like laziness, and I have mm. to. I just have to push. You just have to push through that mm. sometimes. Um, yeah, I think your feelings, like if you really feel like you don't want to do it, mm-hmm. your feelings are giving you insight into your inner being, into your subconscious. Yeah, in a way that's honestly worth honoring. Like, like if you don't feel like doing it, the question is like, why don't you feel like doing it? Like, what's mm-hmm. 
what's going on under there and usually yeah. there's insecurities and identity things that are lurking right. beneath there well i know yeah. one, i know sometimes i really pro, i can procrastinate conflict in yeah. relationships yeah. or at work or different mm-hmm. things like that and i've just come to realize that it's funny it, it took me a while to realize it because i don't think of myself as a procrastinator but i just realized i kept putting off certain hard conversations yeah. because of something else that I wanted to go do. Yeah. And I just realized, okay, I'm just, at some point, I'm just making up reasons to not go right. do this anymore. Right. Even if they seem valid, right. what it really is, is that I don't yeah. want to have this hard conversation. Right. Yeah. The classic example is the anxiety cleaning. Yeah, totally. Where, mm-hmm. where you you have something that you have to do that you don't really want to do or you're afraid of failure or you, f- you have some fears underlying it. Yeah. Um, and... So then you clean the whole house mm-hmm. and you didn't get any closer to accomplishing the task you were supposed to do, but right. the house is clean. Um, and that's it's just a common coping mechanism, at least I do, yeah. for sure, mm-hmm. when I'm anxious or nervous about something. Yeah. I think I think part of the identity conversation is just realizing how big a role fear plays in our lives all the time. Yeah. Like there's always fears under the surface about everything mm-hmm. and they're lurking and so you have an option. You can either know that they're there or you can pretend like they're not. Mm-hmm. But pretending like you're not doesn't doesn't help. Right. Um, it's much better to admit, hey, I'm afraid of conflict. I'm afraid of this conversation. I'm afraid of talking to my boss about this. I mean, I have all those fears and I face them all the time. Mm-hmm. Even, coming, yeah. even coming to podcasts, right? Podcasting is putting your voice out there in a way that you can't really take back. Yeah, yeah. And there's definitely. a fear there that's... That's reasonable and tangible and, and worth facing and, and acknowledging. And in a sense, I like to use the word honoring. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm afraid of this. Right. It's okay to be afraid of this. Yeah, it's a good way to say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and think of any aspect of your life. I feel like the identity issues just affect all of our emotions all the time, all yeah. of our all of our activities, all of our choices. Well, so let's talk about that from yeah. a little bit of a broader sense, because yeah. I think you're right. I think, you know, you, you can talk about that in terms of achievement and yeah. are you the type of person that believes you can achieve something? Sure. Yeah. Are you, or fear, I think. Yeah. I think, you know, I think identity can also cripple you. Like in, yeah. on the achievement side, sure. you. I was talking with somebody the other day who um, said that they, had been in counseling and they, they'd kind of just realized or the counselor had helped them realize that um, they had built a self-narrative where they didn't deserve anything better than where they were at. Yeah. And where they were at was like kind of an abusive relationship. Yeah. And um, and they just realized that it just took a long time to, or it took a, a long time to realize that their self-identity yeah. had been in this thing that it perpetuated right. for a long time that... Um, it had affected their self worth right. in such a way that they um, that they believed that this is what this what I what I have is the best that I'll ever get. Yeah. And so if I leave, I'm just going to be alone. So I don't want to be I don't want to be alone. Yeah. That's worse than this. Right. And so you know, so I'll just stay and yeah. endure, right? Yeah. And I think that, and that's you know, I think that's a little bit of a different side of self identity. Yeah. No. But I think it totally is true, right? Yeah. I think when I was I don't know. I'm not that old, but I do think that there's um, there's just this. I don't know if you call it maturing, but there's the there's the moments where your faith or your idealism has to be reconciled with the practical 
application of the world, sure. right? And I yeah. think a big part of it is losing, right? Like yeah. whatever things you set your mind on that you thought you would win and you yeah. lost, then you have to figure out, okay, why is that? Yeah. And where do I go from here? Um, yeah. And if you bring that in as part of your self-identity, right. then um, that can affect your future as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. What do you think about that? No, I mean, the shaping effects of our experiences and our failures are hard to overestimate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember even as a small child, maybe 10, thinking I was always really skilled at math and really good at math. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. if only I was the best in the world at some kind of math, then I would have worth and value yeah. as an individual. I think I think the search for worth and value is is one of the underlying pieces of the whole thing is yeah. how can I find worth? How can I find value? Do I have worth? Do I have value? And those are incredible drivers of our lives. I think they drive us on one hand, maybe to self-help books to try harder and try to prove that we have worth and value. Yeah. But that ultimately doesn't work or burns us out mm-hmm. or we can give up and say, well, maybe I don't have worth and value and I'm just going to take what I can get. Yeah. And that doesn't satisfy us either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we're surrounded by unsatisfactory ways of trying to find value and worth, and none of them work. Mm-hmm. None of them really fulfill us. Yeah. So, what do you think? Okay. Um, I might move. I might wait on that until the. I might wait on this question until the next segment. Sure. But I think that's totally true. I mean, any yeah. other like big picture thoughts on just like identity affecting all aspects of life. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like we're, we're kind of hitting on some topics, sure. but I'm not sure we're in the meta narrative enough. <laughs> it's, it's hard to <laughs> overestimate how many things it affects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we talk a lot about at worldview Academy is the pursuit of excellence and how excellence is a good thing. Yeah. And it very much is. I mean, there's, there's no downside to excellence. However, pretty quickly that excellence becomes a way to prove myself to myself or prove myself to others, mm-hmm. prove myself to God. Yeah. And then it becomes it starts playing into our insecurities and, and crippling us in many ways. And so the free person who is not worried about themselves can just try as hard as they want and the chips fall where they may and they're okay with that. Mm-hmm. But none of us are like that. Yeah. None of us actually can can freely commit to try our hardest and fail if we fail yeah and not place our identity in it right Right. or like our worth maybe from our identity right right self-worth in it but none of us are that person every one of us has we have um what's it called skin in the game Mm -hmm. like if we succeed or fail when we try hard we think that means something about us yeah yeah my example as a child was spelling tests Mm -hmm. i was always terrible at spelling tests yeah i always failed the spelling test and did badly and every week I would try hard again, and every week it wouldn't go that well, and I just felt like such a failure at mm-hmm. spelling. Yeah. And I wanted to pretend like it didn't mean something about me, like failure didn't ca- spelling didn't count. Yeah. And so what I did was I invented all these reasons why spelling didn't count. Right. Which I then would repeat all the time. Sure. Like, you know, spelling sure. was invented by Merriam-Webster in the 1850s. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Shakespeare spelled his name in three different ways, mm-hmm. which are true, but obviously I'm trying to protect something. Obviously I'm trying to defray the, um, what failure means about me. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's one of the the tells for identity is what do you say doesn't count? Mm -hmm. 
and what, what are you trying to protect yourself from failure usually in yeah. the area that you say doesn't count yeah that's a good that's one of the tells it's a good one where do you like where do you tell yourself it doesn't matter yes. this time right you know well, apathy like is that. an incredible tell too mm-hmm. apathy is always is a shield to protect yourself because you actually do care yeah always mm-hmm. i don't know of any examples of apathy where people actually don't care yeah. they do care but they're trying to protect themselves maybe they've been hurt in that area maybe maybe they're i don't know for me for a while it was politics mm. i cared so much and then you know things went well things went poorly enough times that i was just like i'm just gonna not care i can't i can't ride the emotional roller coaster anymore yeah, see that's kind of how i am with the nfl yeah yeah right? exactly where it's just like eventually i'm just worn out yes. and i can't I just I can't invest this much emotion right. into something that is clearly out of my hands. Right. You know. Yeah. Like just absolutely. And so, apathy is our shield because we actually do care. Mm-hmm. We're trying to protect ourselves. Yeah. From the loss and the hurt that comes with caring. Mm-hmm. But I think I also see it a lot with the fields and the areas where we say do count, like your job or your favorite subject or whatever it is. I was. Um, very advanced in math as a child and I took pre-calculus in eighth grade and I didn't do very well Mm -hmm. I failed quizzes and tests and you're saying here in eighth grade you're doing pre-calculus like that's that's pretty good yeah but for me and myself math counted math was where my identity was right it's like if I fail in math then what am I yeah who am I Mm mm-hmm and so I felt the impacts of even like minor, you know, the classic example of people getting a B and being really unhappy about it. That's another tell. Your identity mm. is involved here, right? Yeah. yeah. It means something about you, what grade you got on that thing. Right. And that's obviously at some level not healthy, but how do you fix that even? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great point. Yeah. I, I had to go through that whenever I got into college because I'd never yeah. made a... I'd never made a B at that point. Yeah. But then when I did, I made a B like right away. Yeah. And um, it's just one of those things where you're just like, oh, I have to like recalibrate yeah. my abilities, my study habits. I just, you have to recalibrate, yeah. you know? So, and you can't let it define you it's like, like you used to. It's very hard. Yeah. Yeah. Success is hard to avoid letting it define you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but failure is also hard to avoid. Letting, yeah. Admitting it defines you too, right? In the same sense, success defines you. Failure does, mm-hmm. right? If say that again, if success defines you, then failure does too, uh, doesn't it? Yes, totally. Yeah, the solution has to be something outside of both success and failure. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, which is. Yeah, should we transition to that? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, so let's. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like a good place to wrap up. Yeah, I do yeah. definitely have a couple application questions for, for you. For sure. So yeah. let's transition to segment two. Yeah, for sure. That'd be great. Hey, everyone. Nathan and I went on to have about a 20 minute conversation on the application portion of this question. So we decided to go ahead and cut that into a whole separate episode. So tune in again next week for the second part of the question of identity with Nathan Pecors. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks for joining us. For more information about our Worldview Academy summer camps, you can visit worldview.org. Or for more information about our gap year program, you can go to worldviewbridgeyear.com. Thanks again. Hopefully we'll see you soon.